1: welcome to the ph nutrition podcast today we are talking post workout nutrition wrapping up our nutrition timing of nutrition series and today who else would i rope in to talk about this subject than luke hall lukey how are you doing we're recording on a monday morning and the sun's out so how are you doing this morning buddy
0: I'm good, thank you, man. Yeah, very good. It's always good when the sun's out. Obviously, it's mm. starting to get into that spring. Everybody starts to feel a little bit better, don't they, when you get that first taste of sun? Um, but how are you, more importantly? Because we're recording this also less than a week after you had a second kid. So no, that's much more important than my boring weekend.
1: I know, five days, five days post my daughter Imogen being born. And those that have kids is tough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it's uh, haven't really slept. Four or six days, like odd three hours there, here and there, but you you run in on just pure love and just incredible. It's just incredible, but yeah, having um, having another having, having my son Finn fly around is is that it brings its own challenge as opposed to uh, just having the one. So uh, we're not, we're, we, you know, we're man marking now as opposed to outnumbering them. So yeah, it's going to be uh, an eventful ride. <laughs> it's incredible. Bell is doing well. Imogen's doing great. So uh, happy days. Happy days. Awesome. So good, good, good stuff. Right, let's get into it. Post-workout nutrition, Luke. This is a subject that I think there's a lot of content about people talk about quite a lot so maybe one of the things that people kind of want to know about is the anabolic window now this is something that uh, we often say like do we need to to worry about it and you know for me there's a lot of context around it so look first of all does it exist does the actually does the anabolic window exist, Luke?
0: Technically, yes, I'm gonna say, but the anabolic window, so to speak, is much bigger than people think it is. I yes, think. very um, good point. It doesn't exist in the way where you've got gym Bros downing protein shakes 15 minutes after their workout because if they don't get it in, they're gonna miss their anabolic window. That is not true. It's there is obviously that time period after resistance training, where we want to supply our muscles with the stuff we need to repair them as well. But that window is kind of big, like four to six hours is kind of what's quoted often. And it's one of those where, as long as you're kind of hitting the basic principles of you within that window, then happy days, there's obviously benefit from not leaving it to kind of the four, six hour end of that window. You want to the kind of the rule that I tend to go with is probably like one hour to two hours max after workout, after yep. a training session. And obviously if you've got quite a long period of time before your next meal after a certain session, then having something like a shake and that kind of thing to kind of keep things tipping, ticking over and getting that recovery process started sooner is always a good thing to do. I think. Yeah.
1: So, so you're saying there's a bit of a sliding scale effectively yes. of like importance, which Yeah. We'll maybe come on to it in a minute. Now the, the post-workout window, like it exists because when we exercise, the sensitivity to insulin is a little bit higher is that correct yeah and that's why we want to take advantage this is what people do they say we want to take advantage of it to get protein potentially protein or carbohydrates or carbohydrates into the the muscle cells that we have used in that training session and what happens is is in simple terms it's a little bit easier to do that in that post workout window but like i said it's not like a open and shut like the gates don't shut after 45 minutes and then you can't you, you know your, your body your muscles are like nope i'm not taking any nutrients in now it's like you say there's a lot of different kind of mechanisms at play and um, there is there is increased insulin sensitivity there is you know that's why we're saying it does exist and uh, obviously the type the intensity the volume you know will dictate a lot of that as well of the session but like luke said that it doesn't shut after 45 minutes So you can still take advantage of it. So that sliding scale, like, okay, for me, at the start, there's there's some things where people might benefit taking advantage of that post-workout window. So at at the start of the scale, you're like, if you trained after an overnight fast. Yeah. Muscle protein breakdown is going to be a little bit higher. You haven't got any food or, or any kind of you know, nutrients in your body prior to the workout. You've also probably come off, let's you know, say, the back of an overnight fast. So training fasted is definitely something where you want to prioritize using something post-workout. Training twice a day. Yeah. This is another one for me. You know, you work with a lot of uh, our, our more competitive athletes. Like, why would you not take advantage of this? This is what I say to people. Like if you've only got five, six, seven hours between your sessions and you've caused breakdown, you've caused, you know, depletion in energy stores, why are you not taking advantage of this? So if you are training twice a day, then take advantage of it definitely in the first, before, after the first session and then maybe even after the second session as well if you're going to train that next day or you're looking to increase your performance, which if you're training twice a day, you probably are. So again, like doing these things would be a benefit to you if you're training twice a day. So utilize that. Then for me, another one is struggling for recovery, like, you know, muscle increase in muscle soreness. If you are one of those people that are always sore, now I know there's obviously a lot of factors at play, but again, take advantage of it. Like provide your body with a little bit of support as opposed to doing... You know, if you're delaying, like Luke said, that intake, you're, it, it's not needed if your overall intake is kind of uh, you know adequate, but it may help. That's what I, and that's my thoughts on that one, Luke. Like, what if you are seeing someone that's consistently finding that they are sore or struggling to recover, you're seeing, oh, well, actually, they're hitting their calories, they're eating enough. Like, is this a strategy that you might kind of, like, emphasize to someone?
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think um, thinking about kind of like coming back to the double day training as well, it's almost like an opportunity where you've got an extra feed that you can plug in as well. If people are struggling to kind of hit those calories, and that's potentially the reason for why their recovery isn't there, then increasing meal frequency in an easy way. A post-workout window is an opportunity like you say to kind of combine those two things where you can reap the rewards of doing it post but it's also that easy way to increase that meal frequency and keep kind of that intake topped up as well for sure
1: yeah that's 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 really good like you say just then you're not trying to chase your nutrition by eating a ton of food at other meal times like is then that meal frequency in in, you know is is increasing and utilizing it that you know that for me those are the big ones and then the other one is if you're not able to eat like a you know solid meal if you're not if you know that you're not going to be able to eat something within kind of a two three hour period post-workout then look take advantage of it like you know and this you know is something that we'll come on to in a minute you know using something like liquid like a shake is, is convenient so if you're for whatever reason if you're commuting if you're i don't know doing some whatever you're straight back into zoom meetings then you know you know that you can't eat a meal then yeah again that's when i would say like take advantage of it kickstart that recovery process as opposed to delaying it um, and then potentially diminishing your recovery so for me that's these are the key things this is when i think you do need to prioritize that post-workout window but like i said it's massively context specific if you don't fit into one of those don't worry about it don't put too much pressure on yourself because the key driver to progress with nutrition and training is your daily weekly monthly intake so meal timings we focus on it a lot like for performance it doesn't matter but again you don't need to be putting pressure on yourself to be having something around your workout Um, again if you if you aren't falling into any of those categories and that you're hitting your overall daily targets agreed yes Hopefully, that was like, you know, we're not going to wrap the podcast up here, but, you (laughs) know, I think that was nine minutes of hopefully very useful information for a lot of people. Uh, Cool. So, look, post-workout nutrition, what are the key things we are trying to achieve here, Denduki?
0: Cool. I always come back to the three hours, and I know it's kind of cliche and it's kind of been done to death, but the three hours of recovery. So when we're thinking about post workout, one of the main things we're thinking about is recovery, right? So um, we're thinking about repairing our muscles that obviously have been through the session and need repair. We're thinking about refueling, giving our body the fuel that it's used up in that session. And we're thinking about rehydrating as well when we've lost mm. a little bit of water in there. They're the ones that I always kind of come back to. I think the key things kind of depend on the scenario as well. So, for example someone that might be training twice a day, their priority might be to refuel as well as obviously yeah. recover, repair, that kind of thing. But they might put more of a, they might rely a little bit more on carbohydrates, put more of yeah. a focus on that refuel, as well as still thinking about the repair and the recovery side of things because they've got to train later in the day as well. Yeah. So I think it depends obviously on the stimulus, what you're aiming for, as to which one is going to be more important. They're all going to be super important. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that they're, they can change depending on, yeah, what your focus is and the context around that particular session on that day as well
1: yeah definitely like three hours like you say we we do repeat these um because they're they're important maybe there's another sliding scale in here luke i know this is a this is people that we're listening to this but let's do another sliding scale like further down like at the start of this then you know if the if the session is relatively like light or it's more bodybuilding focused or you know it's less intense and you're not training twice a day and you haven't gone through all of the things that we we spoke about at the start of the podcast then maybe you want to be focusing on repair and rehydration yeah. yeah so like repair like protein okay then as you go up this sliding scale maybe that you are kind of training fasted and then going to train the next day or you're training twice a day then like say you start to then progress in terms of the priority becoming more balanced in terms of repairing and replenishment so the carbohydrates might sneak in there but then like i say as you get towards the end of the scale where you've like right i've got a massive high output maybe you've done 90 minutes of like really high intensity and you're going to train later on that day Or you have done an endurance based session where you just buried yourself like threshold stuff you know and you're you know you're at the end of the week and you're fatigued then maybe carbohydrates become like you say that that higher priority and the protein comes a little bit less it's not to say that you don't need it but you say it becomes a a less of a priority so i think i think there's an instagram post in there should probably produce in terms of that sliding scale but i think that that maybe then lends itself to why we always focus on it being more liquid based being a shake because it ticks off the rehydration one relatively simply yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and on the refuel side of things, it is quicker as well, obviously yeah, yeah. the digestion side of things and just the ease in terms of eating. It's a lot harder. To, like if you wanted to refuel with X amount of carbohydrates and you're having X amount of carbohydrates from say something a bit like a bagel after a session, it's going to be harder to get that down physically because you've just trained. You won't feel like you want to eat something and you've got to get it down. So it tends to be that it is just easier and quicker. To give the body the nutrients that it needs at that point to go for a liquid based yeah, liquid source.
1: Yeah, and that's liquid source of protein and carbohydrates or and yeah. or isn't it? Like you say. It's that's why shakes become popular. There is a thing, uh, that there's a there's a, a thing called vascular shunt and Danny and the uh, guys at Aphobus will if they're listening to this will will laugh because I once told them about what happens that like this. We think we did a post on it and they were basically just talking about it the whole time making very rude jokes of where blood goes and when you exercise but basically what happens is when you exercise the body distributes blood to areas that are, are needed and you know down or deprioritizes stuff like digestion reproduction you know re, uh, blood towards the reproduction uh, reproductive organs and it prioritizes to your lungs to the working muscles to your brain so when we think about bloating post-workout or people that are like you say, rushing after the workout to consume something, you need to give yourself a little bit of time. You know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five minutes, just to get your body down from us from that kind of, you know, like that that high nervous system state, and, and come down into that that rest and digest. Okay, and just allow that that blood to kind of come back into the digestive system, and you know, away from from the working muscles, and that really helps. If you if you find that like you feel bloated or it doesn't quite sit very well after a workout you know that would be something that i would suggest that you do in terms of just calming down having a shower stretching you know mobilizing laying on your back because it buried you you know like the workout buried you. just take that time to bring your nervous system down a little bit it would be really really beneficial and uh you know into that sympathetic state and allowing your body to to, to digest that food but again it's still Liquid based is still going to be like, say, first of all, easier to digest. Second of all, is a lot more convenient. You know, if we if we're at the gym, I know in CrossFit gyms Tupperware's very, you know, very wor- widely accepted. But uh, you know, if you're in a, a commercial gym or you're commuting back home or whatever, like you know, cracking out the Tupperware on the tube probably isn't something that most people are going to enjoy. So, utilizing a shake was is definitely something that again we would we would suggest we would devise. And I think that's why we lean towards liquid nutrition uh, kind of a little bit more. Mention there about a food, Luke, does it all, you know, if we are, for example, scenario, if we are, you know, commuting back home after a workout and I'm like, I don't really, you know, I'm going to be able to eat within an hour, you know, hour ish. Does it always have to be liquid nutrition or can I just wait and then take advantage of that 45 minutes and have something solid if I'm not like trained faster, even if I've trained faster, if I, you know, do I have to always use a shake, or can I, can you still get the same benefits of using real food, whole foods? I,
0: I think you can definitely still get the same benefit from using real foods, whole foods. And I think the scenario you just gave is is a perfect one. If it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to be home within an hour and be able to eat that food within an hour. And I know it's going to be a well-balanced meal that is still going to probably use some of the principles of, The stuff we've talked about before in terms of why we go with liquid nutrition so it's not going to be too high a fat meal it's not going to be too high fiber meal as well it's going to be one of those where you're getting relatively simple carbs a relatively lean source of protein and you're able to have it quite quickly after i think that that is so fine the one thing the one r that i would say there, so you're still going in liquid nutrition is rehydration Uh, and Mm. getting that back in before which everybody does anyway after a workout. That one's kind of one that you almost need to be, you don't need to be as kind of conscious of because naturally thirst, you're going to be rehydrating a little bit anyway. So yeah, I think definitely. if you've got, like you said, that kind of 45 minutes where, yeah, I'll get home and I know the meal that I'm going to have, is going to be good. It's going to be relatively quick to digest, relatively easy Then happy days. I think that's so fun. Yeah,
1: good stuff. I I, I kind of developed a th- what I call the 30-90 method of like pre and post-workout nutrition and that 30 minutes post-workout like that can, you know prioritizing rehydration there and then you can add in you know hair and and replenishment if needed but if not then like i say within that 90 minute period you can eat something solid and you know you're still gonna see benefit like it's again like it's context specific so I think you i think you're absolutely right what is finding what works for you there and we're saying and this is the point probably the biggest thing in the podcast like you don't need to but you can okay Um, so you know that this is this is something that i think uh, a lot of people hopefully will then put less pressure on themselves to kind of be thinking about that mentioned earlier about fat and fiber and i've posted about this before in terms of eating fat post-workout or fiber post-workout for me it's more important to limit it pre-workout Okay, we don't want a load of fiber and a load of fat pre-workout because it's slow digesting, you know, it's not conducive to helping us have high energy levels in the session. Now, post-workout, again, the same principles apply. If we're looking to recover quickly, you know, and get a lot of nutrients into our our body quickly, then it's something that we maybe want to limit. So this is, again, going back to that double training, you might want to limit it post-workout or in between your sessions. However, for me, it's context-specific in terms of your overall intake, okay? Yes, we want protein and carbohydrates post-workout, or protein, definitely. Now, including fiber and uh, fats post-workout, you know, a lot of the research will say that, you know, you shouldn't be taking this to kickstart the recovery question, but we're looking at it from a practical point of view. You know, I'm looking at, like, well, my breakfast, if I've trained in the morning... I might take a shake post workout because I want to like, kickstart. Because I've just listened to the PHD Nutrition podcast and I've said that if I've trained fasted, I want to take advantage. But then I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to eat? I might eat eggs and a bagel. You know, I'm like, or I might eat some toast and, do you know what I mean? Like uh, labo and uh, whatever, some bacon. Now, these will contain fat and fiber, but should I not? Or should I just slam a load of carbs and protein again? You know, this is, again, that practicality of it. Like in that initial period, you don't want to be chugging a big ass smoothie with a ton of fat and fiber in if you're looking to train three to four, five hours later, or if you really want to kick start that recovery process. So there's also the way of managing calorie. So again, it's something that we just want to prioritize a little bit more towards the protein and carb side, lower fiber-ish, if we really want to kind of uh, get nutrients into our body as quickly as possible. But in the real world, we don't really need to worry about it too much, just as long as it matches your daily targets. So this is the time where you might want to be pushing the fat and fiber away from that workout window to help with hunger, to help with balancing your your calories, and because we know that in an idle scenario, we want to be getting protein and carbs in. So why would we not get them in and put a load of fat and fiber in? Okay, that's the practicality of it. So, you know, For me, that's how I would advise people to do it. Would you kind of agree there,
0: Luki? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I think you have summed it it up really well there, Liam, yeah. Anything else you would limit post-workout? It's a tough one, really. There's not a huge amount. I think it would be more a case of kind of the prioritizing certain things as opposed to limiting others, as you've kind of laid out there. Like, it's not necessarily a case of fully limiting i mean the the main ones that we've kind of covered there the the fats and the five and, and yeah just a case of making those choices and and the key thing i think with all of this when we're thinking about what to have post-workout and what to have in the context of your whole day is making sure that you plan out your day ultimately yeah. so that you don't necessarily have to worry about it and you don't have to think about oh what can't i have right now because you know coming into the day sweet i'm gonna have this here this here this here this here which i think is yeah an under appreciated thing as well Massively, mate.
1: Massively. We're, we're getting into some specifics on morning, afternoon, evening training in a bit to wrap things up. But in terms of the actual ingredients, we're looking at kind of a whey protein and there's different types of whey protein. You know, what what's the, you know, quickly, what's the difference between these isolates and concentrates and, you know, hydrolyzed? What's the, what, what, what are all these different things and what do we, do we need to worry about them or do we need to take certain ones?
0: I think the ultimately you don't need to necessarily worry a huge amount, uh, unless you're someone that kind of experiences a bit of digestive upset, I think from, from weight. But I think yeah. even then, cause it's the, we, I can never, I always get isolate and concentrate confused between the two, but which is the one that is like supposedly better for your digestion? It's isolate, right? Isolate. Yeah isolate yeah because they've removed as much lactose as possible from that sort of thing haven't they so it's one of those where isolate is a good one if you know that you struggle with digestive issues also if you struggle with digestive issues from whey protein or a dairy based protein then it doesn't have to be whey the reason that whey is kind of the most popular post-workout is because the speed at which it's broken down the speed at which we digest it and absorb it is quicker than other protein sources for sure and that's why it is relatively popular but as i say like if it's a balance between struggling with your digestion or that kind of speed then there's there's other options that you can go for as well for sure
1: yeah definitely and it goes back to that taking a bit of time post workout to to come down into mm-hmm. that sympathetic state as well this is what i always say people go oh it was dairy and i drink too much whey and the shake made me bloated i'm like mm, maybe it wasn't you know jimmy maybe it was because you were still like buzzing and your you know your parasympathetic nervous system is you know going crazy so maybe taking a bit of time it also way you don't need to be away we can use plant-based proteins you know there's some really good options these days and yeah just just figuring out one that works for you would be would be there now in terms of carbohydrate sources if we're putting them into a liquid base like a lot of the you know post-workout recovery shakes that you might get that have carbs in we use like a maltodextrin or dextrose or you know but what i end up finding that kind of going towards a cyclic dextrin or a vitago is a little bit easier on the digestive system for a lot of people. So if anyone is wanting a liquid-based source of carbohydrates, you know, you can buy this off of, of uh, one of the many supplement on the internet, which I'm not going to name because I haven't sponsored the podcast yet. So uh, if you're listening, reach out. No, you can get some simple ones, but you can also use, you know, other, other sources. You can use milk, you can use fruit juice, you can, you know, use... It blends some fruit, you know. It doesn't have to be, you know, like this powder form of carbohydrates. But yeah, that, that's that's good stuff, buddy. And in terms of other ingredients, okay, we often think that, say, we're taking a shake. But what what other things? potentially we we might want to add into these
0: i mean you you had a couple kind of before we jumped on uh, but i'd say i'll I'll let you talk about those but one that may be useful i think is creatine i think it's one of those where Mm. the consensus around creatine ultimately is that timing doesn't necessarily matter a huge amount i think there is a co- an emerging little bit of research suggesting that that post-workout is better for recovery when it comes to creatine the difference yeah. is kind of marginal in terms of if it's a case of not taking it or taking it so potentially adding yeah, kind yeah. of creatine in there as well i think it's one of those as well where like and we kind of briefly mentioned beta alanine before as well if you're someone that struggles to kind of remember to take certain supplements it can be quite easy to just put them in a big post-workout blend afterwards almost so that you know that you're having it every time and you know that you're gonna be consistent with it as well, but you had a couple more to add in as well, didn't you Liam as well?
1: I did mate, glutamine and glycine. This is, so glutamine is probably one of my favorite supplements for those of you that are interested. Uh, I think it has so many benefits for gut health, but it's also a lot of research done on terms of aiding glycogen replenishment. Again, not something that a lot of people we really need to worry about when you're getting more competitive be playing you know when we're working with the football clubs and more competitive athletes then you know utilizing glutamine post-workout is a good thing like it helps with immune function it helps with glycogen replenishment so yeah it and and helps with repairing muscle. so i think it's a nice thing to add in some post-workout shakes do have it already in you'll see it now maybe you're looking out for it but you'll see it in there and glycine again just helping to stimulate that protein synthesis it's a precursor and helps with collagen production so we use it around and it helps with it can help with kind of sleep as well so if you're training in the evening might might help with getting calm in that nervous system and helping you to to kind of bring yourself down ready for sleep but yeah other than that i think what you said there is perfect with the creatine creatine and beta alanine here's my little productivity hack for taking supplements everyone right listen up get a tub of protein and then look how many servings it is in there so say it's 25 or 30 servings all right there's always a gap at the top of the tub mostly then take 30 servings of creatine so that might be 150 grams if we're using a 5 gram dose put 150 grams of creatine into that and then put the beta alanine into that and shake it up give it a good old mix then you know that Roughly on average, they're probably a bit time when you get six grams and other times you get four grams. but again, you don't have to then worry about taking four different pots and putting them in and mixing it in your shake. You can just put two one big scoop in you know and and you're then you know you've got thirty servings of that, so that's what I used to do when I was really consistent with with taking things so for me, I think that's a nice thing you can that you can add in if you've got the the powder based stuff if you've got tablets just make sure I would say put them near the salt and pepper pots rather than in the kitchen cupboard or the bathroom cupboard, because most of the time you're going to be using salt and pepper and uh, it just reminds you to be taking it. So yeah, good stuff. Right. Wrapping up things a little bit now towards specifics. Okay. Morning training. I think we've kind of covered this one, Luke. What do you think? Like, I think we've covered post-workout nutrition and morning training. We're talking about specifics of post-workout where we want to be prioritizing it. So If you can't eat within that kind of, you know, an hour, 90 minutes, then definitely I would say, but you you need to be taking something protein, protein or carbohydrates, Mm. because again, we're coming off an overnight. If you're training fasted, you know, if you're eating pre-workout, then then cool, you need to rush it less, you need to worry about it less. But I do think it becomes very important in the morning. If you're training mid-morning, you know, like I do. I train nine thirty. I eat beforehand, so again, I don't need to rush it. I, I've already got some nutrition in me—a relatively decent breakfast. So again, I, I don't really rush it. I eat within the hour, but again, I'm not worried. About it. I don't take a shake. I mix some protein in sometimes to porridge or yogurt, but again, I don't need to worry about it. If we're going through the afternoon, like lunchtime ones, like what's the advice here, mate? In terms of you know context, can you people with some scenarios where maybe people are? training at lunchtime and then maybe they haven't eaten since breakfast or they're going to go straight back into meetings like what would what would be the advice
0: i think it's one of those where if you know that you're gonna have lunch straight after the session then you won't necessarily need to worry about kind of planning like that that shake or anything like that i think if liam said as liam said there you're going kind of straight into meetings and timings wise it's going to be a little bit kind of tough then that's when preparing post-workout shake or something can massively help and i think with that instance it could even be worth almost adopting a bit of a hybrid approach as well sort of thing so if you know for example that you're training at lunchtime but you're pretty pressed for time so you're not going to be able to kind of sit down and have a proper lunch almost you might be able to grab a sandwich on the go that kind of thing as well then i'd say it's probably worth having something liquid after your training so something that i do could that could just be a protein post-training kind of shake to get it boom quick done and then on your way to kind of the next round of meetings grabbing that sandwich so that you're almost taking that little high hybrid method almost if time is pressing i think that can be a really simple way to do it as well where you know okay sweet i'm i'm guaranteed to get that hit of protein i know from a quick sandwich or whatever it is where it might not be as kind of prepped it might not be as kind of nutritionally complete as you would want normally but because you press for time that can be a really easy fix i think
1: yeah i think you're right i think that's definitely a really nice tip that we don't have, it doesn't have to be one big meal. It could be like that hybrid approach, grab and go mixing, mixing things up. Like, you know, if you're at a gym where you got ability to get shakes made, you know, smoothies made, like maybe grab a smoothie again, like you can do that. And then you're, you're not worrying about, you know, having something, you know, after your meetings or grabbing it, if you got, if you're really time poor, if like say being prepared in that scenario for me is absolutely essential. And if you are in meetings, then put it in a, in a water bottle or, or, or a you know, chilies bottle or whatever it is where you can't see what it is. People just think you have water and then you can take your shake or your smoothie in that and you can have that through meetings. Like, you know, you've got to be thinking about this and planning it. And this is where we see a lot of times people fall down on their nutrition. It's just not stepping back in and being pre-planned about these types of things. Because if you maybe get in, you know, have breakfast, don't snack before you work out. Train at lunchtime, rush around like a lunatic, get back to meetings, forget to take anything. Then it's like three o'clock before you've eaten anything, and look at that point, your body's like, "Whoa, I am not wanting to make good choices here." And then you overeat, or you backload over your calories to the evening because to compensate for the lack of calories that you had in the day. So that little bit of practical approach that you know looking at it from a bird's eye point of view and being like where are my calories distributed and when am i doing that type of high intensity exercise and trying to just sandwich it a little bit and getting a little bit of you know planned and aware of you know where your body needs a little bit of support is really key okay i see it all the time at, at lunchtime training like it's it's tight normally with time so you know don't don't miss it on this on this uh, in this scenario now if we kind of edge towards evening training i think for me if you're training in that 5 30 6 6.00, o'clock 6 30 class i think post-workout nutrition becomes easy because it's dinner yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. i don't think you necessarily need to worry about a shake because hopefully You know, you're not doing something stupid and eating one meal a day and that's your evening meal. So you haven't fasted all day. You would have eaten something like breakfast or lunch and snack, then dinner becomes post workout, but you're already in a fed state. Okay. You already have nutrients in your body, in your system. So again, taking a shake post workout from me, not necessarily needed because just the timing meals are conducive to helping you be in a fed state and you're going to eat relatively soon after. However, if you are someone that trains a little bit late, you know, the seven thirty, eight o'clock class potentially, this is where, again, we go back to that principle of being sensible with your nutrition, looking at it from a bird's eye perspective to be like, look, actually using something liquid-based, you know, or protein-based, protein carb-based protein carb post-workout would be beneficial because a lot of people don't yeah. want to eat a big meal late at night. You know, nine nine thirty. So again, use using this type of thing is going to be going to be helpful. Obviously, we don't want to be drinking you know, a liter of water because <laughs> you're probably be up in the night. But this is where people, you know, protein puddings, casein puddings, like you know, smaller shakes, mixing it up, using that hybrid approach that Luke just mentioned. There, you know, maybe taking a small shake and then having something, you know, but like a big snacks, mini meal, like a wrap or. You know, some rice cakes or some yogurt or granola or cereal, or whatever. Then that would be something that you can kind of do after your session because we do want to kickstart that recovery process. It's probably more important because you're going to go into a, you know, in, in into your into sleep, and that's where we recover. That's where the body repairs. So providing it with the building materials to regenerate is going to be a very beneficial thing. Um, but it's half. You don't want to always eat post-workout late at night. But it can be beneficial for lowering cortisol levels as well because when we train, stress levels go up and we know that insulin helps to reduce cortisol. So getting some form of carbohydrates in there would be beneficial for getting you into into that sleepy state. There's a reason it's called the carb coma. Because you know you get a bit sleepy. <laughs> I'm not telling you to eat a pizza, but um, telling you to maybe prioritize a little bit of carbohydrates if your ten- if your session has been intense. So look, that's a practical approach for me in terms of eating the training. Do you train in the evening? Do you train in the afternoon? Do you train in the evening anymore?
0: No, uh, well some days, some days I do. It tends to be kind of like that that half five sort of on a Friday. Ah, weird, so you eat dinner post workout um, to make the most of it. So I'm dinner post workout. I'm in the very easy category of my post-workout nutrition is my dinner which is a nice place yeah. to be
1: all right, nice very good Luke I, th- I think that's all from me what about you anything else that we've maybe not covered or tips to, to no I think we
0: on? yeah it's been pretty thorough I think I'm not yeah I don't think there's anything missing from that good stuff I think
1: post-workout nutrition is you know something that we can place a lot of importance on And it is important; it really is. But we've got this hierarchy of importance. Okay, you've got to be making sure that your overall intake is correct before you start to kind of refine these details. But if it helps you to be more consistent, then yes, take advantage of it. Do you know what I mean? If you're if you're training and you're like, right, I've got my post-workout nutrition, then that kickstart your recovery process. It helps you to manage hunger for the rest of the day because you're not delaying your intake then take advantage of it no matter when you train because it is about consistency it's about helping your body providing your body with the with the nutrients and the macronutrients the micronutrients to help repair and regenerate and get the most out of training so you need to focus on it but you don't need to worry about it i think that's the key thing like there's bigger rocks that you need to get in place first and then once they are in place, then you can start to refine these strategies and figure out really what works for you to to keep kind of, and keep that progress coming. So, guys, make sure that you go back and listen to the pre-workout, the intra-workout, you know, you know, episodes to to really nail this down. Because what we're here to do is help you to get the most out of the training. We pay a lot of money, we spend a lot of time, you put a lot of investment in it, and nutrition can really, really help you see consistent progress so i hope you've enjoyed this workout nutrition series we've got some exciting ones coming up luke you haven't we've got supplement series coming up or something the ingredients you know series coming up so um, i'm super excited to, to kind of dive into into the specifics on this so happy days thank you so much for listening luke thank you so much thank for joining you. me on this wonderful sunny monday and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode thank you so much for listening and see you soon